Hi, I'm Zach, and welcome to the IB Voices podcast. As a warning, this episode on grief may be difficult to listen to, especially to our listeners who are currently grieving over the loss of a loved one. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Jacqueline Brown, Associate Professor of Psychology at the University of Montana and the Director of the Grief and Resilience Among Youth Research Lab to talk about experiencing grief during the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Brown also gives insight into the various stages of grief and shares advice on how to personally cope with grief and how to be a support to others. The interview starts now. So during this pandemic, unfortunately, there is going to be some loss. Some folks may even be unfamiliar with loss. What are the general stages of grief that people experience? Certainly. So the traditional model that has been often looked to when thinking about the grief process for many years are the five stages of grief by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler, which includes denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But actually, more recent models have suggested that grief isn't a stage process, but instead it ebbs and flows, with individuals going back and forth between different emotions and feelings. So it's not just, you know, we go to one stage, then the next, then the next, but like everything kind of works together. Actually, more recent grief models have focused more on tasks of mourning, so things that individuals have to work through to kind of get through their grief process. And Warden is, um, you know, a fairly popular name when it comes to defining tasks of mourning. And he actually outlines four main tasks. One is that individuals accept the reality of the loss. So basically going through rituals involved with the death, such as a funeral or memorial, talking and thinking about the person in past tense, and accepting um, the significance of their relationship with the dead person and how their death will affect them. The second task is to have them process the pain of grief. So have them working through a range of painful emotions that each person is uniquely experiencing due to their grief, which would include talking about and understanding their emotions. The third one is to adjust to a world without the deceased. So this really may be different to each person depending on their relationship with the person who has died and also the roles that they have been affected by the death. So there may be a variety of different adjustments that they have to go through, such as internal adjustments. So basically redefining who they are without their dead loved one, external adjustments. So, you know, learn to do things maybe that the other person may have done and then spiritual adjustments as well. And then finally, the fourth one is to find an enduring connection with the deceased while embarking on a new life. And this actually was changed multiple times by Warden, but essentially it's saying that people have to find an appropriate ongoing connection in their emotional life with the person who has died while simultaneously allowing themselves to keep moving forward and and living their own life. So what might be unique in experiencing grief while social distancing? Yeah, so I think one really is that there may be an associated shock of not expecting somebody to die. Um, Grief is very difficult in general, and it's often harder to come to terms with the death when it is sudden and unexpected. And I think people may be more likely to engage in if-only thoughts, such as, like, if only 
COVID-19 hadn't happened or if only the person hadn't gone to the grocery store, to the doctors, out in public, whatever that may be, and also experience other thoughts relating to wishing they had done something to prevent the death. It's also possible that they may be more likely to experience survivor guilt, you know, and this includes maybe wondering, why do I get to be alive while the other person is dead? If only I had died instead of the other person, and this may be especially a common thought if it's a close loved one, such as a child who dies or a spouse or maybe a sibling. Another common survivor guilt thought is, why should I be happy and enjoy myself while the other person can't do any of these things anymore? Another, you know, possible unique consideration may be that they may be simultaneously experiencing other types of grief as well, such as maybe they've lost their job or they're not having an income right now, um, experiencing financial hardship, the loss of the ability to connect in person with key social supports outside of their home, or maybe even just grieving the loss of what their life used to be before COVID-19. When people die, people grieve for the loss of their connection to and time with that person. So the current situation would really compound that grief. Uh, and it's possible that people may simultaneously be grieving their possible, you know, limited in-person social support as a result of this global health pandemic, and then their feelings of, of grief as well. So I think it, it, it complicates things if, if they're experiencing multiple types of grief um, due to multiple losses at the same time, even if it's not a loss due to death. But another consideration is that people may not be able to attend grief groups provided at hospices or churches, if, and sometimes this can be really important to people and you know, a, a way for them to connect with other people and to normalize what they're going through. Or maybe they may not be able to speak to religious figures that may help ease some anxiety if religion or spirituality is a core part of their being. Another thing that I you know, was thinking about related to this is it may be harder to have or attend funerals which could potentially add more grief and feelings of regret to the situation, especially if the loved one that died is maybe, maybe they don't live close to the person who is grieving their death, where individuals need to fly to attend the funeral and they're limited and not able to do that right now. It's possible that anybody who's in these circumstances may feel guilt regarding not being able to celebrate or mourn that individual as a large group, especially if having this celebration would have been important to the person who died. So I think that's you know a, a possible consideration as well. Another one is that maybe people don't want to deal with their grief right now. Maybe they just want to push it away because of the other responsibilities or concerns that they have, such as working from home or um, still being required to go to work, looking after and homeschooling a child, and also making sure that everybody stays healthy. So maybe it's something that they, they're just trying to push away for now and, and not deal with it. And you know, not focusing on grief may be easiest for them. And typically it's best to work through feelings of grief and not push them away. But it's, it is very possible that it may not be possible to work through these feelings right now, and that individuals may feel even more overwhelmed in the current situations. So I think that's you know really important to keep in mind. Are you in a place where you can work through your grief? If so, it's important to, to be able to address it. If not, it's okay to take a little bit of a break from grief, but just remember to go back to it afterwards and, and take care of yourselves um, so that you can kind of work through that grief process. For somebody who is in a place where they feel like they are ready or comfortable working through their grief, how can they do that individually yeah. during these times? I think considering you know the audience too, thinking about parents, for example, and I think you know oftentimes 
it may be easy for parents to think, okay, I, I don't want to show all my emotions in front of my child because I don't want them to be upset as well. And I don't want them to kind of feel the burden of what I'm experiencing. But I really do think it's important to model how to work through grief for children and not grief from them. One way of doing this that can be, you know, a little bit, I think, helpful in, in supporting children and also supporting making it a little bit easier, I think, for parents as well, is reading books related to grief that can help them work through their own emotions, normalize feelings. So, for example, parents may want to ask children questions about how they can relate to the characters in the book, and they can also talk about some of their own experiences and how they can relate to the characters to show that it's okay to have shared feelings about what they're going through. And, you know, books can be about a human who died, an animal that who died, or who's grieving for the death of a loved one. And, you know, there's a variety of really good books out there, and Melissa Heath here in the United States has published a library articles and chapters on using bibliotherapy to work with grief. But, you know, some, some books that I like in particular are Tear Soup by Patch Weibert, and that's really helpful for the death of any loved one. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely book. It's very touching. And another one is I Remember Miss Perry by Pat Brisson, and it's the death of a teacher. Then Bridge to Terabithia, which is a you know a popular book about the death of a friend. And then also The Memory String by Eve Bunting, which is about the death of a parent. So those are all really great and touching books that, that people can read. On a related note, for adults, it can be really helpful to kind of read books and, that are about grief and also um, how to cope to help work through their own feelings and normalize their feelings. And this is something that people can do right now at home. What book that's great is A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis. Another one is Bearing the Unbearable by Joanne Cacciatore. And then another one is Permission to Mourn, A New Way to Grieve by Tom Zumba. And then Transforming Traumatic Grief by Courtney Armstrong, which is actually specific to sudden and violent death, which may be particularly helpful for COVID-19. Not violent per se, but this the sudden aspect of it. Another thing, kind of thinking about that question that goes back to something I mentioned in the previous question is that if it is too overwhelming to give oneself permission to really grieve right now due to having multiple responsibilities, I think there's little things that people can do just to kind of look after themselves each day. Um, one is to take a bit of time out of each day or every few days to take care of oneself and just to remember the dead loved one, maybe by talking to someone or you know writing thoughts in a journal, doing a self-care activity, like doing something active or taking a relaxing bath. And even if this is too much, I think just making sure to come back and allow oneself to experience grief whenever feasible, because you know, not grieving the death really can have a long-term impact for one's physical and mental health. So, you know, it, it's understandable if somebody has to push it aside temporarily, but in the long run, really looking after yourself and, and dealing with it, it will, will be really helpful. And then two other ideas on this question. Another thought is to seek out support for those who would typically be there or from those who would typically be there in person or over the by you know talking to them over the phone or through maybe a video chat if available i know oftentimes a common feeling with grief is that you don't want to burden people i don't want to burden them by putting all my feelings on them they have enough to kind of carry right now enough to think about enough anxieties but it's usually 
common that other people actually want to support people who are grieving and that they don't feel like they're a burden to that person, especially if it's somebody who's close to them. But, you know, if, if somebody feels like they don't want to burden any one person in particular, you know, another idea is to reach out to multiple people who can support you that you feel comfortable talking to so that you don't feel like you're putting the burden on any one person or just reach out to somebody that you really feel comfortable talking to for short periods of time and i think you know that's important for people to remember because as i said typically when somebody's grieving people want to help they want to be there for support and they don't feel like it's a burden um, to provide that support and then another just final one, if possible, you know, seeking out support from a counselor or psychologist can be really helpful. And I know, you know, there's there's different means of doing that. It may not be as feasible right now, given the current circumstances, but there's a lot of a lot more of a move towards telehealth. So, you know, looking and seeing, you know, who's still providing services, who's available to provide services online um, through telehealth and, you know, receiving support in that way, if possible. You mentioned before about people wanting to go out and provide support. One of the IB learner profile traits is caring, and I find that that is embodied in not just the students, but also the teachers. So I think there's a natural inclination from the IB community to want to support and to want to provide care. What advice would you give to those who would like to go out and provide support during this difficult time? Yeah. So the first advice I would say is reach out to the person. Um, I think oftentimes it's common for people to, you know, if they know somebody who's grieving, that they may say, let me know if you need help. I'm here for help for to help you. But I think what people don't always understand is when somebody's grieving, they're exhausted. They don't really have the time to really think about asking for support, even if they need it. So, you know, reaching out to them is really important. So just, you know, tell them that you're here to listen and provide support and keep reaching out to them if they show interest in in appreciation and receiving the support instead of, you know, waiting for them to tell you that they need the support. So I think that's a big one, you know, reach out to them. Another thing is when reaching out to them, listen to them, really listen. And I think this is more important than feeling like you need to provide advice because I think oftentimes with grief, people are scared of, they're like, what do I say? What what hmm. should I tell them to do? Um, what if I say the wrong thing? And, you know, a way of trying to kind of ease your anxiety with that is just listen, let them talk through their feelings, validate what they're going through, let them tell stories about their dead loved one, be understanding if they tell you the same thing over and over again about how their dead loved one died or how their death wouldn't have happened if they didn't get COVID-19 or whatever else may have happened. Sometimes it may feel repetitive, but telling a story or sharing these feelings over and over can really help people work through their grief by coming to terms with and better understanding their feelings and emotions. And as I mentioned before, if they don't ask for advice, it's better actually not to give them advice and just to listen and validate feelings. With grief, it's it's very easy to feel misunderstood, especially if the individual that they're talking to hasn't experienced the death of a close one, loved one themselves. And then even if they have, you know, these circumstances with COVID-19 are unique. So individuals may feel less understood and less like people can actually relate to what they're going through if, if that other person has an experience of death due to COVID-19 themselves. So listening to people, listening, validating, supporting, not giving advice unless they're asked. Another thing too is, 
you know, going back to what I mentioned before about parents giving children the opportunity to grieve and mourn, I think, you know, really emphasizing the importance of showing their children that their time to grieve is important and they, they want to make time to support their children. You know, with respect to feeling like they're a burden, children may feel like they don't want to burden their parents due to their parents having multiple things to juggle right now, especially if there was a job loss or if they're trying to work from home while homeschooling or taking care of their children. So it's really important to emphasize that as a parent, you're there for your child and to carve out time each day to provide grief support. So whether it be through reading, doing a calm activity that may encourage children to talk and express emotions, spending a time outside if feasible, you know, being active can be really helpful um, with some for some that to deal with some of the sadness that comes along with, with grief. And then anything else too that would provide support and a calm kind of um, reassurance to, to kids. And then one last thing is, with respect to teachers supporting students. And I think it's really important to be understanding of the impact grief has on an individual and how this can affect their daily functioning. So when somebody grieves, their ability to focus changes. It's a lot harder to do it. They're more tired, they're exhausted. Kids may be more reactive due to the intense feelings of grief that they may be experiencing. And this may already be the case with COVID-19, so feelings of anxiety and sadness may be even more intense than they may have otherwise if the current circumstances weren't occurring. So if teachers are providing remote instruction, for example, I would recommend that they be patient and flexible with the students in terms of completing assignments, and even more so than they already may be doing now with the current situation. I would also recommend that they reach out to students let them know that they're thinking of them and they're for support. And just, you know, maybe ask about the dead loved one, ask them to share memories or ask them about something that the child can do each day to remember their dead loved one, such as creating a memory box that has special keepsakes that remind them of the dead loved one in it, sharing a story with someone about their dead loved one. So just telling stories about what they did with their dead loved one, some gifts their dead loved one gave them, their favorite thing to do, you know, a variety of different things like that. Also having them reflect upon ways their dead loved one is still with them. Thank you so much for this advice and this knowledge. It's so helpful. And in addition to your tips, your expertise, and your incredible reading list. Are there any other places there where folks can find resources online? Yeah, so there's a few um, uh, online resources that I like in particular. One is the Coalition to Support Grieving Students and National Center for School Crisis and Bereavement website. And all of these are founded in the U.S., but these are very helpful ones. And the Coalition to Support Grieving Students is a helpful website with information and resources on how to talk with and support grieving students, different considerations, reaction triggers, self-care for professionals, uh, and it also provides training modules. And what's nice is right now it has a special section about resources on grief during COVID-19, which also includes a video presentation for teachers and parents on how to support students or their kids during this time. So that's a, a wonderful website. So the Coalition to Support Grieving Students and National Center for School Crisis and Bereavement website is one website. Another one is the the Doogie, um, D-O-U-G-Y Center, and it has a variety of grief resources for different individuals and 
once again also has a helpful uh, section on supporting grieving individuals during COVID-19. So these are all ones that if you do Google search for them, you can, they'll come up and it will take you directly to the website. And then the final one is the Journey of Hope Grief Support Center. And this once again provides a variety of helpful links to grief during COVID-19. And it includes downloadable resources, podcasts, and webinars as well. So I think the three of them will really provide a lot of good resources and tools for for people who engage in a little bit more um, research in 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 how to support themselves um, with grief during this difficult time yeah thank you so much for your time you're welcome thank you so much dr brown for your time and expertise Dr. Brown's reading list is available in the description of today's episode, as well as on blogs.ibo.org. To find out more about Dr. Brown's work at the Gray Research Lab, please visit the University of Montana College of Humanities and Sciences website, or again, I've put the link in the episode description. To all of our listeners who are grieving, on behalf of the IB, I am so sorry for your loss, and we are here for you if you need support. Until next time, be safe, be well, and we'll be back soon.